we're wrapping up finally, for some of you who maybe you're tired of First and Second Peter, we've been going through it a little, if, I, if my weeks are right, because sometimes I'll have like in the middle of it two week tens because I'm not that organized. If my weeks are right, we, we ended up with about 30 weeks uh, of First and Second Peter. Uh, <laughs> broke it up a little bit with a few things. And so we're going to wrap up today, though, in Second Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 11. It says this. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. And, and since everything will be destroyed this way, we talked about that last week, is, is eventually all of this wraps up, right? And, and so, so many of us live in such a way that, that we put our hopes in everything that's here, and eventually this all goes away. You know, I, 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 I have an old classic car. You know, it, it looks good on the outside, but it's rusting and, and going away on the inside. You know, and, and a lot of things that we put our hope and trust in, eventually Jesus comes back, everyone's out of the pool, <laughs> it's over, and so we have to be careful we invest in the right things. Um, so you, because of that, because of all this, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destructions of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And so since everything's going to be destroyed, then therefore we live differently. And a big part of that is then we live holy and godly lives. Uh, we have to focus on the right things. Now, I was uh, riding a bike yesterday, because that's what I do on Saturdays, and the sermon kind of comes together while I'm riding. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it, it's interesting, because if you're riding a bike, uh, some of the, we go on these back roads sometimes, and, like, you're literally, like, if you go a little to the right, what happens? Anyone going to guess? You're in a ditch a lot of times in Delaware. There's, like, a pretty deep ditch. I mean, sometimes you look at it, and you're like, if I go in there on my bike, it's not a good thing. Now, if I go a little too far to the left, what happens? Probably hit by a car. And, and so I have to kind of keep on this narrow thing. And the best thing to do is, is kind of watch the guidelines in front of me. And, and if I keep myself in the right relation to the, the line on the road, I'm good. You know, what happens is sometimes I get distracted. I'm checking my phone for something. Someone's calling me. I'm trying to answer why I right. And then what happens? Bad things. Bad things. <laughs> but we have, to, we have to keep on focus in life, and we live differently because of Jesus. Paul teaches this of what to focus on in Philippians chapter 4, sorry, verse 8. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fi fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent or worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So we're supposed to live all these things out, and if we focus, I would say that, you know, when I think of, you know, what is uh, true and honorable, right, there's, there's a lot of things that are, but, but most surely, Jesus. And, and if we keep our focus, and we use the word here that's not really a word, but I like to use the word, uh, we call it Jesus-y, because if I say Christ-like, it's a, it's a Christian enough word that we kind of, we've heard it enough times, we're like, yes, like Christ. And I was in a meeting, and I made the guy write down Jesus-y instead of Christ-like, and he looked at me weird. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but the point is, we're supposed to 
look like Jesus in the things that we do. But you have to be careful, and I'm not like anti our culture. Like, I, I like the world. I like going to football games. I, I like doing stuff with people. I, I like going to get good coffee and bacon. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm not saying you know, nothing in this world is good, but we have to be careful that we don't get swept away by the values around us. Um, I used the example not long ago. I, I, I told you guys, I, I, when I moved to California, it was interesting. Being from Delaware, and you moved to Los Angeles, and I mean, the first time you drive out there, it's like the freeway's like seven lanes or something. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I've, I've been on a two-lane road. I think I may have once been on a three-lane road, but never like a six-lane road. You first move out there, you're like terrified staying in the right two lanes. You don't want to stay in the right lane, but kind of the right two. Cause, and then you know, the, fa- the left lane is like the fast lane at the Audubon. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's a... It's a carpool lane too so you, you, you're always traveling with somebody because you want to drive 190 miles an hour and I, I recently listened to a radio station it was like we called it K death I don't know what it was but it would like my alarm clock would wake me up to it it was always traffic fatality on the 110 you know, you're like oh, of course because everyone's driving 150 miles an hour uh, in a car probably not designed to go that fast. anyway but I thought people were, and were crazy but then when I moved to Maine I remember I pulled out on the highway, I'm like flying around, moving, in, and I was like, what am I doing? I live in Maine now. I went from like Southern California to Northern New England, and I was still driving like a, a Southern Californian. Now, I wasn't from there, but the culture had made me shift so much that I was living differently, but not in a good way. And I, I still remember I kind of pulled over to the right-hand lane and just went, what am I doing? And I'm just chilling. And now I'm from Maine, and I'm just going to cruise. And uh, Some of you know. Uh, and some of you, I've heard down south they're pretty chill drivers, too. Is that true? Like, because New York and New Jersey, they honk a little bit if you don't move immediately. They, people honk, like, before the light turns green. Like, are you just prepping me to go? Because I almost go. I'm like, oh, did I? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we have to be careful that, that we don't become like the culture around us. We're, we're supposed to live differently. And the number one way we do that, again, if we're going to be Jesus-y, is, is we follow the things that, that Jesus tells us to do. Now, uh, we did a series a while back on the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you've heard of it. It was a sermon that Jesus once preached on a mount. See, you know, you thought it was going to go with Luke, where it's Sermon on the Plain, because it's one he taught on a plane. Not an airplane, but um, <laughs> plane. It's my stupid jokes you'll remember someday. You'll be in a Bible quiz challenge somewhere, and you'll, you'll remember Jeff's bad jokes. But uh, Sermon on the Mount, you know, just to kind of, if you wanted to tune back there in your Bible, uh, Ma- Matthew chapter 5, you know, you've heard it said, your answers are told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. But if you call, curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Anger. So, I'm, you know, we can't break that, all that down right now. But if... If you're a Christian, if you're a believer of Jesus, we live differently. That means we deal with our anger differently, right? Now, we're, none of us are perfect. Sometimes we, we, we do mess up, but um, that's a whole nother <laughs> time. Uh, you know, it, it says, you've heard the commandment says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery within her heart. You know, and, and so we deal with sexuality in a different way if we're believers and followers of Jesus. Uh, you know, and, and so... Um, you know, uh, you've heard that law says, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies, pray for those that persecute you. 
Some of these, now, some of you are like, yeah, amen, when I preach one of them. Uh, the others are like, ooh, me, that one hurts me. <laughs> and, and if we continued in the Sermon on the Mount, which is a great thing, you want, it, just read that every week. You, it, it'll change the way you live and the way you act. But, you know, there's, there's these ways that we're supposed to live, and there's still two more chapters of this. That was just a little bit in the, kind of the, the start. <laughs> and I, I even skipped the Beatitudes, because <laughs> that needs to be your attitude. No, no, I'm sorry. That was... <laughs> Another joke, pastor jokes. Um, but there's, there's ways that we live differently because we're followers of Christ. You know, and, and often in churches, you know, people know more about, you know, what we're against than what we're for. You know, and, and we're for living in this, this new way. Uh, now, God's people are always supposed to live differently. Uh, I was reading this this week in Isaiah um, some. Isaiah 16, uh, chapter 1, verse 16, 17. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. And so Christians live differently in this world. If you're a believer and follower of Jesus, things should get better. You know, when Jesus came into the neighborhood, things got better. <laughs> you know, when Christians move in the neighborhood, things should get better. We're talking in the group, we're talking about this neighbor thing, which I might do with the whole church later, too. Uh, you guys are like the test group, you know. <laughs> it went really well yesterday, so we're, we're on track, to, you know. But, you know, if it goes poorly next week, you know, when Justin leaves. Um, I didn't tell you that. You're leaving. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> now it won't show. <laughs> but, you know, when we live God's way, you know, the whole world should look a little better, a little different. Um, life is better when you follow good. So I was traveling this, this week. I had to go to a meeting. It's an overnight meeting, and um, it's, a, it's a long story. <laughs> and so uh, we were staying at the campground. Some of you guys have been to the campgrounds. And, and so I, I kind of went in quickly to my room, dropped off my stuff. I had to go to a meeting. Uh, you know, and we were going to go, I think we were going to dinner after that, and it was like, so I, I, I hit the little AC unit, because it doesn't have central AC and heat, it's like these little units, you know, like some, you know, some unit, you know what they look like, they stick out of the wall, anyway, <laughs> so I, I kind of, I was like, oh, seven degrees, that's good, um, and, you know, I, I ran out, well, I came back in, man, it was hot, and I was like trying to figure out this thing, and so like the whole evening, I worked down in the lobby, because it was like, it was cool, and I came up to my room about, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night, you know, when I got my work done, and I, I go in, and I realize, you know why it was hot? I had it on heat, not air conditioning. <laughs> and in my haste, I hadn't read the, you know, instructions and the thing, and so I had it on heat. Now, <laughs> I couldn't figure out why I was working the way I wanted it, because I was in a rush, <laughs> and I didn't act correctly. Now, life is better when we do things God's, God's way. Life is better when we hit air conditioning instead of heat. And those of you who are big, you don't understand, man. Big man, we do not like the heat. You know, I could put on another jacket. <laughs> you know, I'm just like sweating. I like about to burst out in flames sometimes when I'm walking around. Pe big man, can I get an amen? <laughs> uh, okay, y'all don't get it. Some of you do. <laughs> so it, it says, you know, so when we live God's way, you know, things, things are better. Uh, verse 14, so then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Uh, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, at peace with him. Now, see, we, you know, we, 
First Peter calls us strangers and aliens. Remember that? You know, so don't picture like Roswell and big eyes and stuff like that. That's kind of what I, but, but in fact, we, we, we live differently in this world because we're not invested in the same way. And so if you were to go to a hotel today, would you, while you're there, like fix the plumbing? Would you change the sink out? If you're living in an apartment do you, that, that you don't own, do you like, well, you might paint the walls because you're going to live there for a while, but do you like, you know, do some major alterations? Maybe put in tile, all those things. Not unless the landlord pays you to do it, right? <laughs> because you're not invested. And we live in this world. Now, it doesn't mean we don't enjoy this world, but we're not invested in the same way. Um, because this world ultimately kind of falls apart. Now, some of you, uh, and I, I actually have friends who've been doing like the digital currency thing. Anyone invest in that and do well? Okay, we're going to pass the, top of the bucket around. No, I'm kidding. Uh, how do you pass it around for digital coin? I don't know. Uh, I have yet to be given a gift in Bitcoin. I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you, you kind of have to invest, and it goes up and down like this, right? I mean, sometimes in the same day. Uh, and some day traders do not make out well. I'm, you know, I don't understand it all. But, you know, if you, you, know, you want to invest when? When it's low and it's going high, you know, you know, buy low, sell high. If you do that, you'll, you'll, you'll nail the stock market Bitcoin. But you don't want to invest at its peak, right? <laughs> you want to, so investing in this world is kind of like investing in Bitcoin at the peak because it's going to fall. This world ultimately doesn't stay. Uh, you know, and I was, I was reading, you know, it's like investing in a company that's about to go bankrupt. You wouldn't do that, right? It doesn't make sense. Uh, I was reading an article, I like to read uh, um, my parents somehow tricked me to become a reader. It's, it's worked out well for me, though. <laughs> when, they were, when I was little, I'd, we'd, go to, we'd go and we'd get like a book every weekend, and I was, thought it kind of made me think that was the coolest thing, and all I did was read the book, because, you know, in our day, we didn't have this thing called television. Uh, well, we did, but it was like two channels, and we only had cartoons early in the morning. Anybody remember that? Okay, okay. <laughs> now it's like 24-7, and you can like download everything, and you know, you could stream it forever. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, uh, I was reading this article. That's how we're, we're all going to that. <laughs> you know, and, and it was, it was kind of sad. It's this couple, they invested $20,000 on this dream vacation. Uh, now, okay, might be, might be awesome Christian people. I'm not, you know, knocking them. They, you, maybe you know them. I don't know. They went around here. It's, and it's okay to take a vacation, right? Like, it, it's not like we can never go on, on vacation to those things. But here's the thing, they invested in something right before COVID. They paid for a vacation that would have been like in the middle of 2020. Guess what happened? They couldn't go. Everything got canceled. Guess how much of their money they got back so far? Because <laughs> the company's not responding. Because what happened to the company probably? <laughs> You know, and, and so it's kind of like that. It's like investing in something. When we put all our hopes in this world, it's something that ultimately won't give us a return or benefit. But but our real benefit is in Christ. I always say, uh, you know, the the big thing at one point in my life, kind of like when I, I still remember one of my first sermons, I think I used it. And so you get it again, you know, 30 years later. Uh, <laughs> but remember an IRA? Do they still have those? I'm not very good at investing. You know, I, I always talk about an ERA, 
instead of individual retirement account, eternal retirement account. Because what matters is what we're investing in eternity. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do financial planning. Doesn't mean we shouldn't go talk to Lewis for that <laughs> or who else is doing those things. But, but ultimately, if all our investments just here, things go wrong. Does anybody remember 2008? It wasn't that long ago, right? Um, what happened? Your son was born. Okay, <laughs> you should remember that. <laughs> the, there was also some big pain in other ways. Uh, <laughs> you know, and everyone, there was like the subprime mortgage lending, all the houses, prices, it skyrocketed, everything goes. And then, like, ev- like, the economy was just rolling. People were like, yeah, more money, more money, more money. And then, boom. The boom becomes a bust. And so your 401k becomes like a 201k. Like, it, it just, it, it was not good for a lot of things. Now, it's not bad to invest, but what we invest in matters. Um, Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 12. See, I managed to work Luke in, you know. <laughs> I occasionally speak out of the gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 16, he tells a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, self. What should I do? <laughs> I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Now that is what? The American dream. <laughs> like literally, we're like, who wouldn't like to have enough money that they don't have to work anymore? They could sit back, eat, drink, be merry. It, it sounds like you know, they're, they're the, living some, the life some consider a myth. I mean, they rock from South Street to one, two, fifth. Some of you don't get that. <laughs> anyway, so, like, I mean, that, that part, if Jesus just stopped there, we'd be like, that's a great parable, man. I love this. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't. <laughs> it says, but God said to him, you fool. Not you wise investor, you, 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 you smart person. See, so you'll die this very night, then who will get everything you worked for? Now, you know, like everything you own, eventually you will not own. Somebody else will own. <laughs> Just put that in there for a second. And yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. It doesn't mean you can't have money. It doesn't mean you can't have stuff. But often when we have money, it's not we who have money. It's the money who has us. You have to be generous toward God, and ultimately it's this relationship with him that matters, and that's a big part of living differently. It's not just the things we do, but we live differently in that we know him, and that's the, the, the emphasis should be on, on, you know, live differently for him. So you wouldn't ask yourself, what do I do with all this? Maybe you ask God, what would I do, what should I do with all this? Uh, it, and so 2 Peter 3.14 in the ESV, uh, which I like sometimes because I like to switch it up, it says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And so be diligent. Uh, you know, NRSV, which is actually my favorite translation probably, but nobody reads it. Like, anyone here ever heard of the NRSV outside of Jeff? No. <laughs> okay, a couple of you have. <laughs> I like the translation, but no one does. <laughs> it says, it says, strive, uh, you know, be diligent, strive, it, you know, you know, for so many things, I, you know, we don't leave the chance, right? Now, anyone lock their doors uh, on their house at night? Okay, who doesn't? What time do you go to bed? No, I'm kidding. 
you know, and, and you lock your car at night, probably, right? You know, and I, I so, you know, if you don't, you know, you, you get to donate your stereo to somebody, or you get to donate your car to somebody, because it'll disappear during the night, uh, <laughs> unless you live in really good neighborhoods. Of course, that's where people go sometimes to steal all the good stuff. <laughs> we live in the middle, like a hidden place. People still steal our stereos. Um, but anyway, most of us would not would, would, wouldn't dream of not being diligent, would not, would, wouldn't dream of not being purposeful with our lot, <laughs> with our regular lives, but we get lazy with spiritual things. It, it becomes something we don't think about. It says, you know, be found spotless, blameless. Um, you know, I, I told people one time, I'm not allowed to wear white. Um, you know why? Because, like, my shirt's a giant napkin when I eat, man. I... <laughs> I have tried to eat, you know, nicely. If I, buy a, if I buy a white shirt, there's a spot right here on every one of them. And they're here on the dark shirts, too. You just can't read them. That's, that's the real reason I have dark colors. It's not that I just like because they're slimming. But, <laughs> but it, just, it, it hides stuff. And I'm a regular dude because, like, if you go to five guys with a bunch of dudes, and you should always go with five guys, but I always go with four. I don't know. But anyway, so you go to five guys. Some of you don't know what that is. Um, just think burger and lots of grease uh, and lots of fries and a few nuts. Oh, man. Anyone want to go to Five Guys right now? Now, ever? <laughs> we went to the men's conference last. We have a men's conference in the fall. Some of us go to. And where do you think the four guys stopped in our car? Five Guys. Yeah. Anyway, I'm at Five Guys, and, you know, sometimes you don't have a napkin. I'm a dude. Where's it go? Some of you are cringing, but the rest of you know I'm a man. It's, this is the napkin. Your napkin extends all the way down your legs. Uh, <laughs> and then I sit in your car, Gertie, so sorry, man. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's so good you save a little for later, you know? But um, <laughs> now, it's not a good idea, what, if you're wearing a white or a suit? Like, if you're wearing a tuxedo, if you go to prom and you go to Five Guys, one, you probably don't have a date. But two, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's not a good idea, you know, because you, you need to turn that. And, and so we need to be spotless, blameless in our lives. It, it's, it's funny when we get food on us as a, you know, well, maybe not for my wife who has to help me do the laundry. But, you know, but we need to be without spot, without blemish the way we live. Um, holiness <clears throat> without spot was the way they described sacrifices. First Peter 1.18, kind of bringing us back to it there, says, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And so one of the ways that we become like Jesus is not just the things we do. One, we, we have righteousness because we put our faith and trust in Jesus. He gives it to us. But then we have to live in our life in a way that makes sense after that. We don't go to five guys, and, and hopefully, you know, as you grow up, I mean, we still do a little, and, and kind of rub it on your pants, rub it on your shirt, right? You know, in Christ, think of us as wearing tuxedos at five guys. You would eat differently. And, we lived, and so we have to be careful that we don't... Uh, get stuff on us that, that we shouldn't. And see, ultimately, the sacrifice of Jesus was perfect, and, and we live differently because of that. Um, it says, you know, peace with him. Now, when I think peace, I, I think all kinds of things, but, uh, you know, when we, we follow Jesus, ultimately we have 
spiritual peace with God. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since you have been made right by, in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And, and so we have this relationship with God, not because, you know, I, I'm so righteous and holy and I, I don't get things on me, <laughs> you know, that I can eat with five guys without a napkin, but, you know, we, we have, because of our faith in Christ, we're, we're made right with him. It, it's simple, we, you know, we admit we're a sinner, we, 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 you know, we believe in, in that sacrifice of who he is, and then we commit our lives to, to living for him. And, and so we're, we're, we then have peace with God. We're made right with him. But when we follow Jesus, we also you know, have an emotional peace. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so when you're a believer and a follower and you have peace with God, you'll live in a peaceful way. Because sometimes life is hard, right? You know, life comes at you. There's all, all kinds of situations and things that, that are problematic. But when we have peace with God... You know, we, we, can, we can live this different way because we have peace in the midst of the storm. And, we've, and ultimately then, you know, kind of back to Matthew 5, we'll have peace with one another, which is sometimes harder to put into practice. But, you know, Jesus said, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. You know, God came to reconcile us to him. And if you're reconciled to him, you need to, as far as it's up to you, make peace with everyone. And again, that's, that's the way we live differently. Uh, and when we follow Jesus, ultimately we'll have peace in the middle of the storm. Now I remember, um, some of you don't remember, <laughs> some of you don't remember last week's sermon, but, but I, I still remember the first sermon I preached during the pandemic. That'll be like the marker years from now. I remember the first sermon I preached during a pandemic to a camera. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure even where I preached that one. Was it, in the, was it the house or did we come in here? Anyway, we were, we were preaching about, um, you know, because it was kind of, it took us by surprise. I mean, kind of, you didn't, like, we didn't kind of see 20, none of us at New Year's Eve was like, man, I know exactly how New Year's is going down. We're all going to have to wear masks everywhere. Nobody, everyone's going to be socially distant. You know, uh, some of you were already emotionally distant. But, <laughs> come on now, preach. But, but you know, I, I still remember, and I, anyway, I was preaching, and we're talking about, you know, the disciples are in the storm. You've, you've heard the story before. Uh, they're in the storm. They got Jesus in the boat. Jesus is back in the boat, chilling, uh, sleeping. You know, and, and some of you may feel sometimes like Jesus is asleep during your problems. Don't worry, I, I got it. We, we could go there, but we won't today. <laughs> but, but, you know, in the middle of this storm, you know, uh, you know, the disciples freak out, right? Because they're like, hey, the boat's going to sink. Now, it's, it's a pretty bad storm when, like, seasoned fishermen are like, this boat's going to sink. Like, they, they know, hey, it's not just a little rough seas. This isn't just me messing with, you know, shaking the boat or something. This is like a bad storm. They wake Jesus up, and then, he, and then he, he's, he's like, hey, stop the wind. And it stops. And I can't do that. I tried yesterday. We were biking. We went out. We were flying. And then, like, when we turned to go back, we're 12 and a half miles out that way. We turned to come back. What happened? The wind all decided to blow in the direction, and it was horrible. And I, I yelled at the wind. It didn't work. But, you know, Jesus is a little different than us. <laughs> you know, it's Jesus yells at the storm. It stops, and then what? The disciples are what? They're freaked out, right? Because 
They were freaked out before the boat was sinking. They wake Jesus up. I don't know what they thought he was going to do. He yells at the storm, and it stops, and then they're freaked out. Um, because disciples just get freaked out sometimes. <laughs> but, but, you know, ultimately it shows that, you know, what, you know, Jesus is more powerful than everything. Uh, it's, you know, sometimes Jesus will calm the storm. Sometimes he'll let him run their life. But, but we, can, we can trust during the storms because we know that the one in the boat is more powerful than that which is outside of the boat. And so we can have calm and peace in that way. Um, you know, becoming a disciple doesn't mean our problems suddenly go away. You know, but, but we live differently. But we, we, we operate differently. And, and ultimately we have peace because Jesus is our peace. Um, starting verse 15, it says, Bear in mind, with our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you, with the wisdom that God gave him. <laughs> he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. I love that line, <laughs> which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own uh, destruction. Uh, Paul writes some things that are very hard to understand. Anyone ever read something in the Bible that was difficult for them to understand? The rest of you haven't read, okay. Um, the Bible is this good book. You should read it sometime. It's a bestseller. Uh, got lots of good stuff in there. <laughs> but, you know, there's, the Bible's funny because on the one hand, most of the passages you can kind of understand. You don't even need me, really. You, you just got to get rid of me. No, I'm kidding. Hopefully you like, <laughs> you like it here. We like you. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, there's some things, you know, uh, we, we get the Bible because, you know, Paul he, he writes a lot of it. He's, you know, writing letters. We got, you know, Luke writing some stuff. We got Peter writing. And so we, we get these scriptures. With, but sometimes it can be tough uh, to understand. And, and I think sometimes, I think the Bible takes a lifetime to understand. And I'm about halfway there. Um, this is middle age. It was, it was funny. Um, we, we had a younger person in the other night. And Denise and I were talking. And we're just talking about life. And, you know, I, um, I, yeah, I never know if people are trying to be flattering when they don't think I'm as old as I am because, uh, yeah, I think I, 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 trust me, I look old, uh, but that's okay. You know, here's the thing, I don't mind being old because, you know, don't get me wrong, if I could go back in time and have my knees work like they used to, I'd be all about that. Anyone, can I get an amen? Take care of your knees. For those of you who are younger, take care of your knees. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, 30 years I've been studying the Bible, I get it on a whole nother level. I wouldn't go back to understanding less, even for good knees. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe a little more hair. No. <laughs> but, but it, you know, it's clear in so many places, but, but it does take a lifetime uh, to, to kind of understand. And it's, some people will distort the truth. It's like a funhouse mirror. You know, it's like people will take it and they kind of twist it. They turn it. And that's what Peter's been talking about, is that people will turn the scripture to be about all kinds of other things. I, and I can't even begin to tell you the weird stuff I've seen in church. And not even this church. I mean, I've seen some weird stuff here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, people turn things to be about something other than Jesus. It's about Jesus. 
Don't worship the pastor. We've had people leave because I won't use the official term pastor like whenever I talk to you. I might just say Jeff. I might call you and say this is Pastor Jeff so you know which Jeff. But, but you know, people get all about titles and position and different things in churches. People get all about the carpet and the pews and where you sit. <laughs> Some of you switched from last time. Thank you. Um, one of you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, all the couple of you who changed seats, I like this. Uh, verse 17 says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You know, be on your guard so you don't get carried away. Yeah, you have to, be, you have to watch, be vigilant. I remember as a kid, I, we had this little boat. We still have it. Um, it was like we found it during the cleanup of the, you know, uh, tornado. We didn't even know we still had it. It was in my dad's garage. It was like a little, little sailboat, and we'd play with it on the water. But you know what you had to watch out for? that it didn't float away, you know, because we don't own the whole lake. We don't have, like, a little pond or something. And there's been more than a few times we had to, like, go out and get it with a boat <laughs> because it's just like you're not paying attention. A little sailboat goes, oh, look, a sailboat works, and now it's somebody else's. Uh, <laughs> but you, if you, care, you don't get carried away. And, 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 you know, life can be like a rushing river anyway, and you have to be careful you don't get carried away. I remember Jungle Gyms. Anyone go to Jungle Gyms? Yeah, it was like a lot different in my day. In my day, it was like a couple of water slides. It's gotten like this huge thing. I love going to jungle gyms. Not a jungle gym, but jungle gyms. You know, it's down at the beach and everything. And there's all these things. There's like the lazy river. Uh, Anyone like the lazy river? Yeah, I could spend all day floating in that thing. (laughs) But when the kids were little, (laughs) I had both of them in the lazy river. Uh, But the problem is with the lazy river, they do have to kind of get it started. So right at the beginning, there's like a little wave pool thing, and then it shoots you out. I have both my kids. I lost one. They got swept away. And so I had to look at the other one, and I'm like, take care of yourself. Find mom. And I had to go with the other because, you know, I wasn't, you know, now they're like wondering which of them got swept away and which of them got left. Uh, but <laughs> uh, anyway, but, but I, I don't, you know, I had to be careful they don't get swept away. And it's the same, we have to be careful that we don't get swept away by the current, that we don't get swept away by the culture. And you have to stand firm. And there is an active part of that. Like we, sometimes we just kind of put our spiritual life on autopilot. If we're not careful, we get swept away. We, we, and we end up in places we never thought we would. And, um, Fall from your, uh, your, your secure position. ESV says, uh, lose your own stability. Uh, I picture like a weeble wobble. I found my weeble wobble from my childhood. Anyone? No one? Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking also Wobbleton, the Wobbleton. <laughs> anyway, uh, the image is, you know, you have, to, you have to be careful that, you know, you don't fall. We're not weeble wobbles. We fall down. I, um, I shared with you a couple weeks ago, uh, I went by my son's room and his skateboard was laying in the hallway, and so I thought it would be funny to run and jump on his skateboard and slide into his room. Cool dad. <laughs> Some of you see where this is going. So I jumped on the skateboard, and that's one of the last things I remember. <laughs> Except this crushing feeling of hitting the floor, uh, and... and my, my son is startled 
But he looks at me and he's like, so walk me through your thought process here. <laughs> because I might occasionally say that to him when he does something. I don't get angry. I just go, come on, help me. You know, okay, where, you know, and then, uh, yeah. And, and so you got to be careful. You don't want to jump on a skateboard, especially when you're middle-aged, halfway there. Whoa-ho, living on a prayer. Uh, <laughs> and now, and, and some of you remember biking. Like, remember, like, learn, I still remember my dad teaching me to ride a bike and, you know, the training wheels and everything. Anybody remember those? And, like, you were so cool when you could get off training wheels. Like, it was like, yeah, I ride a bike. I ride a two-wheel bike, you know, like, <laughs> which is funny because, like, I would never, like, say that now. Like, you know, hey, we're going to go biking. We're biking on two-wheel bikes. Uh, <laughs> you kind of assume it. But, <laughs> you know, but you, you, have to, you have to be careful because you have to, what? You have to learn to stabilize, right? Or one of my favorite things to do is, you know that inflatable joust thing? We ought to throw a party here and get inflatables just so I can whack you guys with that joust. Um, I mean, experience the, the good-natured fun of... <laughs> some of you are like, I got something you said in that last sermon I want to get you in. But I, I love the joust because a lot of people, they mess up. You know, it's, if you had the, big, the stick with the two padded things on the end. And most people, I, I beat almost everybody. I rarely lose. You know why? Because it's about balance and position. It's not about whacking somebody hard. A lot of people fall off just trying to whack hard, right? Because, they, you know, it's about just getting your stability. And, and, you know, we have to be careful, you know, when we're attacked, because if we're not, if we're kind of, if I see someone get off balance, I whack, <laughs> and then they go down. Um, Deborah's going to go at it with me. <laughs> You're like, no, we're not. <laughs> but Jesus says this, you know, uh, well, and sometimes we wobble because we, oh, let me back it up. Sometimes we wobble because we do something stupid, jump on a skateboard. You know, and sometimes we wobble because we, we aren't mature. We haven't grown up and gotten rid of those training wheels. And, and sometimes, you know, we wobble because, you know, we're just attacked. And we're not ready for it. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24, uh, one of my favorite pieces of scripture, uh, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears this teaching mind doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so we hear the words of Jesus, but we also have to follow the words of Jesus. And kind of going back to the Sermon on the Mount, um, kind of a synopsis of what Jesus teaches, good place to land. If you want to know what it looks like to be Jesus-y, read the words of Jesus. Not a big rocket science thing. <laughs> and so, you know, it's a great place to go. And it says we have to grow in grace and knowledge. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> and so we're made to grow. Now, Matthew 28 Starting verse 18, Jesus said to his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. And, and so we are supposed to grow in nation, uh, a grace and knowledge, and then we're supposed to pass that on. We're supposed to be disciples who then make disciples. And we really, he gives us one job, you know, Anyone give their kid one job to do and they don't get it done? They, they, or they do something else? 
you know, <laughs> some of you are looking convicted. <laughs> but, but, you know, Jesus gives us one job. And here's the thing, you can't make disciples if you're not a disciple. If you're not growing, if you're not becoming like him, it's real hard to teach others to do the same. Uh, you know, and you, here's the thing about growth. Spiritual growth is a funny thing because you really can't make yourself grow, right? Like, you, I shall now grow. Like, I've tried that with my height. I'm not. Like, some of you know who are, like, not as tall as you want to be. I, I think I should be 6'5", but it didn't work. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I, you may not be able to control all assets, but you can put yourself in a position to grow. Like, I like to lift heavy weights, and if, uh, you know, we, we have a few people here who like to lift heavy objects. You know, I like to pick things up and put things down. Uh, <laughs> now, I can't, you know, some people just don't respond to weight training in the same way, but if you want to get big, what do you generally have to do? You have to lift heavy things. And you have to eat right. Lots of five guys. Five guys every day. That will get you big. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you have to do certain things to get yourself ready to grow. You have to put yourself in a position where you're doing the right things. You have to put yourself in a position where you have good nutrition. You have to, there's a lot of different things that help you grow and become what you need to be. And it's the same thing spiritually. You have to put yourself in a position where you're going to grow. So things like kind of gathering together and doing church. That's a good way to grow. Developing relationships that, that extend outside of church with good people. That's a good thing that will help you grow. You know, go, going to the men's Bible study. It's a good thing. It's a place where, you know, we can work on growing. Uh, and then there's personal habits, a lot of things. And so you have to be careful that, you know, we don't just forget about growth. It's easy to. But when we put ourselves in a position to grow, uh, we'll be stronger in our faith. Um, you know, and spiritual growth is a continual thing. You know, I got, a couple years ago, I don't have the car anymore, but I got new tires for my car, and my, my car at the time, like, the car, the tires cost more than the car, anyone ever, you know, like, some of you understand, it's like, my car was worth nothing, I was like, I was spending the, the value of the tire, the car, just to get tires, but I, my car wouldn't stay on the road, and, you know, that's a problem, you know, I don't know if you know cars are supposed to stay, anyway, and like, I'd break, and it would just slide, and I'm like, yeah, it's probably time for a new car new car or new wheels, <laughs> but I got new, new tires. But you know what happened a couple years later? I needed new tires. Because I, I rode it again for another, you know, five to seven years. <laughs> but they wear out, right? Like there's certain things that just, they, they, they wear out. And, you know, um, you know, we have to, faith needs a retreading or a tire change sometimes. Uh, and we have to be careful that we give the attention to our spiritual life that we give to so many other aspects of our life. Um, so watch for him, be ready, and then live differently because of who he is.